This is the place to play with the most powerful principles of manifestation in the quantum field on a daily basis. This is Sanctuary of She, Soul, Human, Energy, and I'm your host, Katie Blair. We're a podcast, an app, and a community where women meet the version of themselves they came here to be and build the lives they came here to live. Welcome to this moment. Welcome to your sanctuary. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I want to drop in with you into a very yummy place that we all need and love and deserve, but we only reach a couple times a year in the spaces of stillness, in the space of a break. And I'm recording this episode to you from France. I am sitting in this little room in Tom's grandmother's house in the south of France. And it's raining outside and we're leaving for the airport in a couple hours. We've spent the last few weeks here. And I usually don't record podcasts when I'm gone or away. I just kind of take a break from everything. But I really feel called to drop in with you for this episode because the space that we reach in the stillness is such a potent space. And while I'm in it fully here, instead of reflecting back on it when I'm home in a week, while I'm here in this feeling, I want to have this conversation. So one thing that is so interesting that I just want to start this whole thing off with is the fact that if you've ever heard of me talk about Vipassana, okay? So Vipassana, or maybe you've done it yourself, it's a 10-day silent meditation. I have an episode in here of a recording from my entire experience with it. But Vipassana, 10-day silent meditation, is the teaching of the Buddha. And they host them all around the world from 4.30 a.m. to 9 p.m. You are in silent meditation for 10 days. It's pretty intense. But what's so interesting about it is that they don't actually start teaching the method of Vipassana until day four. Okay? So the first three full days... That you are in this training from 4.30 a.m. to 9 p.m. at night is sitting in meditation and your only objective <laughs> is to focus on the tip of your nose. That's it. The tip of your nose for three days. And the point of this is not to teach you anything. The point of this is to show you how much the monkey mind controls us, aka the thoughts that are running around like noisy little soldiers all over our mind all day long, every single day. Because what we find when we try to do this, even if you just try to do it for the next five minutes or 10 minutes, I guarantee you, you will not be able to stay focused on the tip of your nose. Because what happens, we're like, okay, tip of my nose, tip of my nose, and then our mind starts going off onto a thought. And then we remember and we come back, okay, tip of my nose, tip of my nose, and then the mind starts going off into another thought. And then we come back. So 
the wild thing about this is that it takes three full days of silence for us to begin to drop into a clear enough space in our mind for us to actually begin doing the work. And outside of all the lessons from Vipassana, this has always, always, always been something that I've carried with me the most from the experience. Because what it showed me was truly how much is going on in there at all times. And if you're someone who listens to this podcast or you're in the Sanctuary of She community, it means you're someone who makes the time to create the space for stillness, okay? So whether it's every day or every week or however it fits into your schedule, you know that if you don't create time for stillness, it doesn't happen. Just like anything else that we desire for ourselves, if we don't create time to do it, it doesn't happen. And stillness in this noisy, noisy world can feel a lot of the time like a last priority simply because there is so much noise that if we we feel like if we put it down for a few moments that it's going to be very difficult like we're going to fall behind essentially we're going to we're going to um not necessarily lose our spot but we're it's going to take more time to catch up on what we missed versus just staying part of it so we stay in the noise in the hustle in the bustle of our city, of our town, of the events going on, of our friends, of our family, of our work, of our children, of our of our personal schedules, of our house to-dos, of our health, of our kitchen, of our prepping, of our every single thing that we do revolves around some type of schedule or some type of keeping up with the flow of everything around us there's a lot of beauty in this right because it's how we harvest community it's how we feel like we're a part of something it's how we fill our day with routine and discipline so that we really stay connected to what's important and we stay on top of things and we don't fall behind and at the same time what we don't realize is in the midst of that how much we are simultaneously being flooded and clouded by this monkey mind that sets in simply because the monkey mind operates best when the silence doesn't break it up. And when we allow the silence to break it up, something really, really magical happens. We actually start to hear ourselves again. We actually start to feel ourselves again. We actually start to really feel what's truly important again. We actually let ourselves truly enjoy the simplest, littlest things with such presence that we remember the true gift of being human again. 
I love having a busy schedule, doing all the things, being someone who could go months as I normally do, you know, with my my hands in so many different things and creating so many things and doing things and building things and harvesting relationships and, and, and being a human being. I love that side of it. And what I also know to be true is that the other side of being human being is equally, if not more important to me, which is the time spent allowing ourselves to set everything down and really relax (laughs) and just be without trying to do anything, without trying to be anything, without trying to have anything, just existing right here in this moment. And as you're listening to this right now, maybe you're in the middle of a busy day, maybe you're laying down, maybe you're cleaning the house, maybe you're on your way to work. The thing is, is that it takes us sometimes actually stepping out of the noisiness to truly sink in and remember what the gift of the stillness is. But once we do that, we realize we don't have to do some big drastic thing to, to leave the noisiness. We don't have to go to Vipassana for, for 10 days of silent meditation. We don't have to go to France for two weeks. We don't have to do this huge grand thing. It helps. But what I want to talk to you about today in this episode is actually what can be accessed at any moment that full body relaxation, if we really let ourselves, because it's in that full body relaxation, it's in that full body surrender, it's in that full body presence, it's in that full body being, that all of the answers to our questions are waiting right there inside of us, already there. It's where everything feels simple again. It's where everything feels doable again. It's where everything feels joyful again. And so in this space, from this place, I have once again reached that feeling. I've once again, as we do on any trip that we take, you know, when we have time to just be we relax and our energy comes back to us. Funny how that works. And for me, it's always about the seven, eight day mark in a different atmosphere that I actually reach relaxation. Those That first week is kind of a decompressing, right? It's kind of the equivalent of just focusing on the nose. Like, just try to allow yourself to relax. Just try to allow yourself to just be here. Just try to allow yourself to just read your book. Just try, 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 try. And then about a week in, it clicks and you're there and you're actually relaxed and you've actually let go of everything and you've actually really just allowed the nourishment to seep in to a point where it's taken over. And from being in this spot, you know, the last few days of really being here and every time I get to this spot, I remember 
the last time I was here, the last trip, the last, the last break, the last whatever. And I've noticed this kind of frustration popping up within me because I don't want this to just be the feeling at the end of a break for me or for you. I want a life where I can access this at any moment. And one of the things that I love so much about our Sanctuary of She community is our weekly group meditations every Sunday morning. It's like a energy church where we gather and we have a ceremony every Sunday morning, that space and that stillness. I love that. I love doing my tea ceremonies in the morning. I love my morning walks. You know, I'm really someone that I consider to be very, very, very good at creating the space for stillness in my life. I start pretty much every day with it. So it's made me curious to just kind of lean into, okay, so if if I'm someone who does that pretty much every day, yet it still takes you know, coming to a place like this, leaving, leaving the normal life in any way, shape, or form to truly drop into full body relaxation, then what is it? What is it? And is it possible for us in the midst of the noise to find our peace Can we hold them both simultaneously? Can we become people who can carry this with us and be part of our normal life? Can we truly walk with this stillness, with this surrender in the midst of growing all of our dreams? How do we hold both? So there's five things that I've kind of written down that I notice to be patterns and habits that are things that we all do, right? These are going to be reminders, not, not, not mind-blowing things. Who knows? Maybe they will be for you. They're going to be five reminders of what we naturally do when we allow ourselves to surrender that truly allow us to stay in this place of of beauty, of clarity, of stillness, of knowing, right? The greatest sages and rishis and gurus of all time, this is the space that they live in, right? Amplified to the nth degree. But they have achieved that. And then they're still doing all the things, right? They're still teaching and traveling and being, but it's from this place. So how in the modern world can we combine the two? How can we allow ourselves to really anchor in a frequency that allows us to stay connected to what this human experience is really about? That's not just about taking 45 minutes of stillness, going to a yoga class, doing a meditation, and then going back into the noise, but how to work with this alongside the noise in all times. So here's the five things that I've tuned into as habits that I continuously do unconsciously when I allow myself to fully let go that 
I invite you to allow yourself to tune in for you from where you're at today to just notice and pay attention to because I believe these are five tools that we can use to access this. And I want to preface this by saying kind of like the overall first one is that that little voice in our head that's always trying to figure it out, that's always trying to prepare for the next thing, just gets to take a break. We just let that little voice take a nap and go to bed. And that's one of the first ones, right? And that's usually the biggest one. That's the one that takes three days for the monkey mind to clear. That's the one that takes seven days for yourself to fully relax. It's that little voice that's always on it. Just gets to take a break. And as you listen to these five that we're going to talk about, I want you to just notice that little voice in your mind. I want you to just notice if there's, if that voice tries to resist it, if that voice tries to um, tell you all the reasons why you can't do that right now, okay? Because it is a balance. We love that voice and all of us need to learn to let that voice just shake, take a little chill pill a little bit more often, okay? So just notice that piece in you and let's, let's go into these, okay? So the first one is a very obvious one. And we've been talking about this a lot inside of the Sanctuary of She community. The first one is no social media and less time on the phone, okay? It is amazing how much I notice a visceral reaction in my body, like a shift in my energetic state when I've been on my phone more or on my phone less. Because here's the thing. Here's the direct connection to this yes it's like okay less time on social media right everyone says that but why why is it so important it's because in the midst of the noise that's all around us on our phones this is the biggest noise box we have it's the biggest noise box that exists so when we pull it open it is designed as we scroll to make us think that we should be somewhere else be doing something else, have different things, and it takes us completely out of the present moment. We forget where we even are, where all of a sudden our mind is in all these different places, and we're starting to think about, should I be there? Should I be doing this? All of these things. And what's already a noisy monkey mind mind is now flooded with like an influx. It's basically like... <laughs> If it's already a rainstorm, a tsunami comes. That's what picking up our phone does. If it's already raining, right? Every raindrop is a thought. Thoughts come in, thoughts come in. So then we open our phone and it's a tsunami of noise coming towards us. So then when we put our phone away, it's still raining and it feels like it was before, but we've just been knocked out by a tsunami energetically. So of course it's harder for us to just drop back in and focus, just drop back in and become present again. And so I'm not saying don't use these things, but really when it comes to our discipline with them, we must be conscious. I, for the entire year of 2022, I followed nobody on social media. 
it was a mental health thing and it was a, a year that I needed to really come home to myself and to get clear on exactly what I was doing and what I was wanting and what I was creating. And I got more deep work done that year than I, I could have ever even imagined simply because I wasn't leaving my present moment to scroll. I wasn't flooding myself with the noise. So that's also not how I want to be. I want to be connected. I love social media for the ways that it inspires me. I love, I love pieces about it. But first of all, who are you following? Unfollow anyone that you feel judgment towards or that doesn't sit right with you or that you always feel yourself comparing. Like Just unfollow. Make sure it's a clean space for inspiration. And when you go on there, be so cautious. We must be so cautious. Like I can be present here for the whole day and then at night go on it for 10 minutes before dinner and it will take me 30 minutes to come back to presence after that. Like it is wild and that's what these things are designed to do. They're designed to do this for us, to us. Okay, it's designed to be addictive. That's literally the whole point of it. It's designed to keep you on there and to continue feeding you with things based on what you're telling them that you like to see more of. So just think about this. If our body is a temple, our energy is a temple, our mind is a temple, meaning we need to be very discerning with the tsunamis that we allow in there because they're coming at us from every direction every day. And if we're truly wanting to anchor in into that place of stillness to find our own peace, our own clarity, our own knowing, that happens in the stillness in between the tsunamis, not in the midst of them. So make sure, make sure that when you open that phone, you have a plan really try to replace the habit of just opening it and scrolling it with something else put reminders where you need to set times if you need to practice discipline if you need to but what happens on the other side of filling those voids with tsunamis of noise from our phone is that we start to come into the present moment where we notice the trees we notice the clouds we notice the birds chirping we notice the little things again, which starts to open our heart up a little bit more, which then starts to open the mind a little bit more. It all works together like clockwork, okay? So just take that and just know that, know that, know that, know that. The next one that typically we have in these spaces is good company, right? Who are you surrounding yourself with? Do they make you feel good? Do they make you feel inspired? Do they make you feel loved? And even, so for me, I'll often take trips totally solo, totally independent on my own, and I love those too, where I'm not with anyone. So in that case, the good company is, what are the books that you're reading, okay? In the times where it's just you, what are the books that you're reading? But in the times that you're with the people, what is the quality of people that you are with? Because when it comes to both of these things, and we're very intentional with these things, what starts to happen is we're not just existing 
around others, we, our energy starts to go towards learning. It starts to go towards curiosity. It starts to go towards conversation where you're asking questions. You're getting activated by the energy that's building between you and your book or you and a conversation. Meaning, this gets you out of your selfish mind. Okay? Because when it's you, yourself, and when it's me, myself, and I, you, yourself, and you, (laughs) in your head, so many of the thoughts we don't even realize, even if we're not directly thinking about ourselves, we are constantly looking at the world through the lens of ourselves. We are living in a selfish mind. We are living in our own world. And I'm not saying selfish in a bad way in this moment. This is how the human mind operates. But we're literally all living in our own world. And when we don't get out often from that space, it can add up. It can build. It can... We can get disconnected from the things around us simply because our energetic wavelengths aren't going out to connect with other things. So we're stuck in a prison of our own mind and body and that's why sometimes we feel like we are. So when we're around good people or a good book and we start asking curious questions and we start, we get out of that selfish mind and we start transferring our energy to other things, other objects, other people, other places, other, other ideas, other, and it feels good because then we tap back into that reciprocity of energy, that giving and that receiving, that really sending love, receiving love, sending curiosity, receiving curiosity, investing your energy in towards learning other things and receiving that, you know, it's, that is one of the most beautiful things about being human is that transferring of consciousness, that transferring of energy. So really, what is your good company and are you giving it time every day? Number three, I would say is full detachment from cords, okay? So things we typically connect to to make us feel safe or grounded or contained okay and this typically some of them are conscious some of them are completely unconscious okay so some of these things are really incredible right we get attached to our routine we get attached to our bed we get attached to our kitchen we get attached to the exact way that we do things we get attached to the types of foods that we eat we get attached to the ways in which our partners or our spouses or our children our families relate to us and are always around us right but as we live in a place that is like that we are living in a predictable space which a lot of us love because it's it's very comfortable, right? We can predict what's going to happen. We can predict what's coming because it's what normally does. But the thing that we often don't do in this space is really ask ourselves, well, what do I want to do right now? If I release all attachments... What do I want to do? 
Okay, so another way that this can show up is the way that we can become codependent on things, right? So when we're talking about healthy attachments, right? These are our attachments to our discipline, to our commitments, to our things that keep us in the loop and in the know and like what we were talking about in the beginning, keep us in the flow of maintaining and staying ahead of the game. But what can also happen is these codependent attachments that we don't even really realize that we have until we fully allow ourselves to surrender from them, okay? So when, I just want you to picture yourself in a house with your family, okay? And you can feel everyone in the house. You can feel your husband in the other room or your wife in the other room. You can feel your children. You can feel your mother, your father, your best friend, whoever's in this house with you. You can feel them all in the other rooms. And without even thinking about what, without, without even actually having the conscious thought of this, what starts to happen is typically we start to make our decisions based on what we believe the other people in the house are going to be doing. Okay. So instead of really asking ourselves, what do I want to do in this moment? We instead kind of predict, okay, it's getting close to 5 p.m., which means that dad's going to go downstairs for his glass of wine, and so I'm going to go join him for that. Or, oh, it's Friday night and it's going to be movie night, so I'm going to, we're doing a movie night tonight, right? It's these little things, right? Um, we're going to, I know that my partner is on this diet, so I'm going to be going to the store and making sure that we have the things that we need so that we can cook that for him. Okay. This is how, how we are in relationship with people. Okay. And you can take this to extreme levels too, that become unhealthy tune into whatever this looks like for yourself with whoever you typically live with or spend most of your time with, okay? Really just start to be with me in this thought of how, what percentage of the decisions that you make in a day where you do have some free time here and there are made unconsciously based on what the people around you are going to be doing. Because this is a thing. This is not a bad thing. It gets harder the more codependent it gets. But what happens in these spaces of stillness and relaxation is we stop doing that. We stop doing that. Like, we have space in the day. We say, what do I want to do? I want to go for a walk. I want to read my book. I want to do these things that aren't because of anything else around me, but it's because of what I want to do. And when we start operating in that way, even if just for a little bit, we start to feel, you, you can like feel the, the cords around you that are connected to and listening to what's going on around us at all times, start to relax. 
And what happens when we feel that is that the energy starts to flood back into our body. We realize how much of our energy has kind of been going out to keep tabs on everything around us. And instead, when we just put all focus internally, this can be for one hour, right? Or a week it starts to slowly flood back, okay? So the full detachment is an invitation to just really tune into and allow yourself to just be there for you just a little bit, okay? Number four is indulgence, of course, right? We, this is what vacation is all about, (laughs) We get all ready for vacations that we can just enjoy ourselves. Here's where indulgence is a beautiful thing. Indulgence allows us to live without guilt. Okay? Indulgence allows us to live without guilt. So for that time frame, we are not judging ourselves for the decisions that we make. And when we have a couple days of not doing this, depending on where you're at on the scale, you're going to realize how much of your energy is also leaked and reserved for guilt and judgment to yourself for the things that you do or don't do. Now, it's such a gift to set this down as well. Because what happens when we start to live without those things is it starts being replaced with self-love, self-care, self-nourishment, just the opposite end of the spectrum where instead of feeling judging or guilty and that's what's those are those are lower energy and dense emotions that we're just harboring in our body so much of the time when we really allow ourselves to release that our body All that energy, all that leaked energy from those lower dense places that does not fuel us with energy and creativity and love, but rather harbors the opposite. When that is cut off, the opposite gets to come in. We get to find peace. We get to find that stillness. We get to find that love. We get to find that acceptance, right? And once, it depends on how far you usually sway one way okay so if you're someone who's always harboring that guilt or that judgment or that that discipline to an unhealthy point when you let that all go you're gonna sway the equal opposite way in indulgence meaning you might go full indulgence right to just hit that equilibrium but then once that happens it balances out and this is why you'll typically find you know a few days into your vacation or by the end You actually don't want to indulge on all the things anymore. You don't want to go for the drink or you don't want to go for the dessert or you don't want to go for the, the, the big savory meal. You actually do choose the healthy option, but it's not out of guilt or judgment because you have to. It's because you've hit that equilibrium where you actually say, well, I actually, what feels good to me is the good choice. Okay. So that's just something to really pay attention to is how can you allow yourself to really find that indulgence to the point where you can access equilibrium to the point where you can really enter that very healthy state 
as a natural state of being, not because you have to, but because it's where you're at, okay? And that's usually what we achieve in times like this. Now, the fifth and final one is full presence, full presence. Because when we aren't on the social media, we're very discerning with our time on the phone, when we're, we're in good company with people and books and things that we're learning and our energy is flowing and the reciprocity of all the good things is going back and forth and we're not just living in our own mind but we're a part of everything else, when we're detached from the cords that are constantly around us and we're really tuning into what we want and allowing ourselves to be fully with ourselves in that, when we allow ourselves indulgence in the name of finding a healthy equilibrium to really become that intuitive, healthy being, we drop into presence. We drop into the time and the space in between the tsunamis. We drop into the remembrance of, yes, we are living this life and there's a lot to keep up with. And that's not going to change. But we're also living this life. And this life is a gift. And this life is called the human experience. And stillness is the only entrance that we have into truly feeling that. It's the moment where you look up at the stars. It's the moment where you feel the sun on your face. It's the moment where you see your dog taking a nap and twitching and snoring and you just can't get enough of the cuteness. It's the moment where you see your little kid stumbling around with a toy talking to him or herself and you just look at them in awe. It's the moment where you really notice the wrinkles on your grandmother's hands and kiss them. It's the moment where you take that extra moment, that extra deep breath so that you can look at someone in the eyes out of nowhere and just say, I love you. It's those moments. And they're always fleeting. They're always there. But what we find at the end of a vacation or at the end of a break, that is our birthright. This is our birthright. This is why we're here is to feel this. This is why you're here. To feel this for yourself in the midst of all you're doing, having, being, and creating is purpose. Purpose is the balance of both. Purpose is creating the most extraordinary life while living the most extraordinary day. Not because you have to be more because you remember that to be itself is the gift so I hope wherever you're at on the spectrum right now if you are also enjoying a slow summer or if you are in burnout right now or anywhere in between these five things are things that do not need an extraordinarily massive break to achieve this state of being that we're talking about is always available to us if you do need a break take the break coming back into this space a 
of replenishment and nourishment energetically is the most important thing we can do for ourselves. If you can and you know you need to take a break, this is your sign and your permission to take the break. And if you can't or you know that you don't really need one but you you know what we're talking about in this episode, you feel it. And you often ask yourself these same questions every time you come back into this place. Stay with this episode. Bring it with you this week. Journal about it. Tune into these five things. This life is meant to be lived today. Right now. Right here. In this moment. Right now. Open your eyes. Take a deep breath. Really, really, really open your eyes. Really, really, really take a deep breath. Keep crushing it and keep the gate open to stillness. Relax. It's all okay. It's all happening. It's all coming. You're exactly where you need to be and you're right on time. I'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.